We keep this love in a photograph We make these memories for ourselves Ed Sheeran, of course, singing Photograph. And this is Stacy Julian with episode 109 of Exactly Enough Time. This podcast is about being present. It is also about playful creativity and other things like curiosity and connection. I am a storyteller and I love to interview interesting people with expertise and solutions. Together, we talk about what they do and why they do it. Listen up. I think you'll find inspiration for living your life and telling your story because you have exactly enough time. Hello, podcast friends. So good to be with you. Thank you for listening. They say that vulnerability creates connection or that I should say, when you allow yourself to be vulnerable, there's a better chance that you can connect in a more personal way. So I'm just going to say right now, prepare for some serious connection with Stacy today <laughs> because I am um, going to experience some unexpected and, and raw vulnerability as I bring back to the show Judy Weiser. Judy is a pioneer in the field of phototherapy, and she was a guest on the show back in episode 93. So you might remember my first conversation with her. If not, listen today and then go back and listen to part one. But Judy's back to help us better understand um, specifically with me as guinea pig, (laughs) this idea of asking questions about photos and particularly photos that we love. Now, this is something near and dear to my heart. I love photos and I really love the photos that I really love. How's that for clarity? (laughs) So just to give you a little bit of background, Judy asked me to select, and we're going to get to this a little bit later in the conversation, but she asked me to select five photos and be prepared for her to ask me questions about those. That's all I'm going to say, because this is already a long conversation. You have two women who are passionate about photos, and we know how to talk, and I've already done some drastic, like, decisive editing with this episode. So it's it's cut down to the really good parts. I think you'll really enjoy, and I'm anxious to hear what your takeaway is or or what thoughts you had as we explore this this topic of you know the powerful ways in which we can learn more about ourselves and about others and strengthen relationships through better understanding the stories that we assign to photographs here we go 
Oh my goodness, Judy Weiser, it is so good to be back on the line with you. I am thrilled. This is, listeners, part two of a conversation that Judy and I started back in episode 93 of my podcast, and I'm so excited. Judy Weiser is a pioneer in the field of phototherapy. Her work is at the intersection of traditional therapy and, and this hobby that we all love of photo taking. And so you are in for a treat today. And just I just want to remind you, if you haven't listened to part one, I would encourage you to do that. Go back and listen to part one, which is episode 93, and then you know come back to today so that you can learn more about phototherapy. Now, Judy, real quick, you're the first person who, correct me if I'm wrong, used the term phototherapy in print. Yes. Um before the internet, back back when I was younger, by yeah. 40, 40 years or so, uh, my first article was called Phototherapy, Photography as a Verb as Well as a Noun. And that came from my interest in understanding how and why people take pictures a certain way, what they expect, what happens when they don't see it. And it's as relevant to art photography and galleries. Uh, it's just as relevant to people who, who scrapbook and take pictures of their family and their trips. So phototherapy is a set of techniques that people who are mental health professionals use yeah. um, as a way to open up uh, with, their, with their clients. You know, you can ask the client, what was your childhood like? And the client may just say, fine, because they really don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Getting them to bring in some photos and talk about the photos, which to them are proof, mm -hmm. um, opens up many doors to go deeper. Now, these are techniques for, you know, I'm a, psych I'm a licensed psychologist and a registered art therapist also in the United States. So I originally developed these for therapists to use people that are having, you know, emotional problems. Um, it began to grow and... There is a second branch now, which you and I are going to start doing in a few minutes, called therapeutic yeah. photography. And that okay. is photography done by people in situations where the skills of a therapist aren't needed. They're trying to help themselves or others improve well-being. Um, you, you know, you're helping somebody do scrapbooking and, and they show you pictures. And these are the kind of questions, the questions I'm going to be asking you about your photos yeah. are perfectly fine to ask people that you're trying to help when you organize a scrapbook, your your photos, but be aware they can go very deep very quick. And yeah. sometimes you think that you maybe want to tell this person maybe they should talk to a therapist. But this is not therapy I'm doing with you today. It's a yeah. demo, a demonstration of the kind of questions I would ask you if you were a client, but this time I'm not looking for anything. And these techniques are not... I'm going to diagnose your problem from your photo. You cannot, <laughs> yeah. you cannot yes. do that. Yeah. In the first podcast, I explained there's one technique that has to do with how you project meaning onto the photo, and that's what we're going to play with today. And I do mean play. Okay. Oh, I'm so excited. And I and I probably should have said that. That today, you guys, part two is about me learning more from Judy in this realm of 
therapeutic photography, which if you are a scrapbooker listening, and there's a good chance you are, at least that you are a memory keeper and you are a collector of things that are memory laden, that you understand this power, this therapeutic power that there is in pausing to take a picture and then in, you know, revisiting it and printing it and telling a story with it. So I've experienced that for sure over the last, you know, 25 plus years in, in this market or this industry that I work in. And now I'm reaching out to Judy with her expertise and she is going to play with me in this idea. So what we've done, you guys, is I have sent Judy um, five snapshots that I have taken over a period of several years. And these pictures are posted in the show notes at stacybrillian.com. So there's a couple ways you can handle this. If you're super curious and you want to see the pictures first, then pause the podcast and go, you know, look at the show notes and, and look at each of those pictures as I talk about them or as, as Judy helps me talk about them. But let's say you're on a drive or you're on a walk right now and you really can't access show notes. Just listen, listen to the conversation that Judy guides now as we talk about each of my snapshots, my photographs. And then this is where it could get really interesting. As you listen to me talk about these pictures in response to Judy's questions, I'm, I'm super curious what you might picture in your mind, what you might imagine about these pictures. And then go back to the show notes. And then as you look at each picture, say, oh, that's so, you know, that's exactly what I pictured or, oh, that's different. Like the way Stacy talked about it, you know, I pictured more of this. So anyway, I think it's either way that you approach um, observing, listening to this session with Judy and, and me, um, I think you're going to learn something and, and learn more about, you know, the, the therapeutic qualities and power of photos, right? Did I say that? Okay. You said that beautifully. <laughs> the, only, the only thing I want to add yeah. is that what they will hear in the first session is that what you see in a photo you think is there. The story, I want to be very clear, the story of every photo is not in the, on the surface of the photo. The photo by itself means nothing until a viewer looks at it and as they're trying to make sense out of what they're seeing, they unconsciously create the meaning that they think is in the photo, but it's actually being created by them as they pay attention to the details that matter to them that may not matter to anyone else. And that's where this gets to be so much fun. I've had about 10 seconds to look at each and I purposely didn't let myself go any further. Okay. It's not like I have looked at these and now I know what they're about. I have no idea. So we can get started okay. anytime you want. Okay. All right. So, and this, this is, I'm going to try and be as vulnerable as possible and open because I really do want listeners to experience this with you. So the first photo that we're going to talk about is a picture of um, a van um, the car that I drove for many years and the back of the van is open and three of my children are sitting on the back seat that has been flipped over. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're basically, you're looking in the back side of my van at three little children and, um, and two of them are just like rubbing noses. They're just being super cute. So okay. that's the picture. Now what? <laughs> well, now that's number one. Yes. Now, we have numbered these so that we don't yes. have to go through that whole thing. When I say, you remember the picture of the kids in the van? Da, da, da. This is picture number one. Yes, okay. picture number one. Yeah. Tell me more. Do that with each picture so people know. Oh, okay. Okay. About. Okay. Then picture number two is a picture of my daughter, Addie. And um, she is, I'm kind of looking down on top of her. She has a dish towel clipped, like it's laid across the top of her head and it's clipped 
to her hair mm-hmm. and um, as if it as if her hair is longer. Okay. And it really is. Picture number three is um, a, it's a picture of a large Rubbermaid tote. So a big um, bin that I have packed my son's belongings into um, about four or five days after he left home for college the first time. And, um, and I was going to put the bin in the garage and I thought, well, I'll forget what's in the bin. So I took a piece of paper, wrote his name on it and slapped it on there with some duct tape. And, um, and then it just kind of hit me what I was doing. So I paused and took a picture. So that's Mm -hmm. picture number three. Mm -hmm. Picture number four is a picture that I'm really proud of because I was outside working in the yard with my husband and my husband takes care primarily of the yard and he does such a good job of it. And he really loves plants and flowers and he like learns their scientific names and I'm probably telling you more information but it's a picture of my husband working in the backyard and I kind of snuck up behind him when I realized the light was really pretty and I took a picture of him almost looking through some of the plants okay and then picture number five (laughs) and picture number five was not taken by me it's a picture that my friend Wendy took of me we were in Seattle we were at one of my favorite places to eat lunch and it's me looking up and the sunlight is shining on my face. It's a picture of me that I like. Now I have been taking a few notes as you talk and uh, for okay. the listeners, the process is I don't tell her what her photos are about and I don't tell her anything that would contradict what she said because she's telling me what she saw. You have told me several things. So I'm going to talk to you first about how you describe them. And I'll tell you what I found interesting about what you said. And the word interesting is very safe. It doesn't mean bad, stupid, great, wonderful, you know. (laughs) Interest, me who has been doing this work for 40 plus years, things that interest me to pursue further. And the, the key is in therapy, you have to know why you're asking these questions. It's not just like a television show where, you know, what's this and what's that, and then we go along. They need to be able to say, the reason I'm asking this question is because of her larger situation. It fits here. So you don't have all okay. this, so I'm just going to play with these. So first okay. of all, now, you am I correct that you know how to edit and crop photos and stuff, or is that something yes. you do? No, definitely. Yeah, so definitely. I'll go back in a moment to what I first saw, and we can play with how different that was. So the first picture is is a vehicle with your kids sitting in the back, and you say two of them are are touching noses. The second one is, you you told me, is your daughter whose name is Addie. Um, You named her without naming the other kids previously, and you told me that she um, had a dish towel on the top of her head, and I see the two little clips. My first question, just in innocence, is, did she put the clips there and do that? Or is that something she asked you to do? Or did you do it? And she said, okay. Regardless, she does look to me happy. Third one, I found fascinating that you told the story of the photo, which we all do. And you told me about this blue tote with your son's stuff in it and his name on the box. And you took the time to tell me you strapped it there with duct tape. I'm not sure why that's relevant, but that was important to you. And then I realized the people who are listening to this without seeing the photos, they don't even know if you took this picture inside or outside. And the fact that it's Mm. inside a room on a mattress with no sheets, which to me signals that that bed isn't lived in, which is part of what the story is that 
you did the tote box. And then there's other furniture in the room and there's something on the wall that is either a curved shelf or a skateboard. And mm -hmm. none of that did you mention because you were focusing on what was important to you. The next one, number four of your husband in the garden, you said, this is a picture of my husband and you told me so much about him. I can't know from the photo. Right. And this is how the therapy part works. You go, you know, tell me about your mother. Tell me about your childhood. Yeah, she was my mother. She was good. She was bad. You get these very protective answers people don't want to hurt. They don't want to hurt while they're talking to a stranger. And they really don't want to go there. They just want you to fix them and get it over with. Interesting. And, and I need to know what kind of problems happen. And, you know, so when you start saying, I mean, I was scrambling to take notes. This is my husband. He loves flowers. He's working in the yard. I really like, you know. Um, I am clear now that this is a favorite photo of yours. What's yes. interesting to me and which people can't see um, if they are not looking is that he is in the background doing a gardening task. His face is partially covered by leaves um, uh -huh. from uh, a fence and your focus is on a bright pink flower that's huge in the foreground. You know, for me, that is, I took this picture as life was moving by and I froze time, as opposed mm. to I waited till he looked good and then I took it. What I gain from this, you can't because you're not a therapist, but what I gain from this is you have a pretty uh, comfortable relationship. He doesn't mm. mind you showing people a picture where he's out of focus. Um, you can be content. To, he knows you love him and, and like what he does, even though he's not the subject of the photo, whatever. You know, this is a, a bit of information. Mm. Your, your next photo, the number five of you uh, in the sunshine, what did she say? She said, uh, my friend Wendy took it. That was important for you to tell me. Mm -hmm. Now, all I know that you needed to say is it's not a self-portrait. But you need for you, it was important to tell me who, and it was important to name the person. Interesting. You have presumed that I know that you took all the other photos. It may be that you didn't. Like oh. one of your daughters. So what you tell me that's important as part of the story, I pay attention to. And I often ask, was anyone else there? Well, you know, um, you have two sons and a daughter. One of them's touching noses. What's the other one doing? How's he feeling? In picture number one, the reason I asked you about um, whether you knew about cropping photos is you sent me a photo of a vehicle, I guess, in a garage. And the bottom one-fifth of the photo is bright white, which I presume is sunshine on the driveway because the crack in the concrete comes toward me. Um, had I been working with this photo to send to someone, I probably would have cut that off because it distracts me from the subject. But for you, you didn't. And there is always, always a reason, even if it's not an important reason. Interesting. So the thing on number five, when I said, you know, I don't know if it's a self-portrait and you told me, I have to tell you my first perception of this. I thought you were flying an airplane. Huh. <laughs> Look at it. Yeah. You're up in the air. That looks like a wing. I'm not sure why you don't have on a helmet. But I mean, this is what happens when you show people photos in scrapbooking or you have no idea what they're seeing. And you know, you're talking on and on about this really important photo and they're scrambling behind you going, uh, 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 where is she? Until you tell me all these are, are, are images. Sure. So this is the kind of thing I would do. Now, therapeutically, 
I might play around with the fact that you named your daughter, you didn't name your sons, and you didn't name your husband, but you named your friend. Be aware that what you do spontaneously in your natural way of being is important for me to learn about you because... There, anytime you look at the photo, that moment's alive again, and it's happening right now in front of your eyes, even if they're looking through a long ago lens. So when you interview that photo and you answer questions from someone who's helping guide you to explore deeper, you can find there's a lot more buried under the surface that you didn't realize. The kind of questions I would ask now Step one, how do you choose, you know, this is just, I'm going to give you an outline. Step one, I would explore, how did you choose your photos? Did you have 20 or 30 and just couldn't make your decision and finally got to five? Or was this easy? That's one question. There's no right or wrong answer. It just tells me about you and decision making. I would ask, is there any other photo that you desperately want to show me, but it would be number six? And, you know, sometimes I say, okay, well, go get number six. Like there's no fixed rules. I just said five because I knew that we'd only have like a half an hour. And when you're making the choices, therapeutically, this is just as important and including in your own work about how do people choose what photos from all the extras that they want to keep in a scrapbook. And you're helping them make those choices. Why is that difficult? And also from a therapist's viewpoint, when, when somebody says, well, this is you and your husband and your kids, including the one that's not there because he's in college. When you were, were telling yourself what I call the shoulds, you should not exclude your mother. You should make sure all of your children are there and not leave one. Whose voice are you hearing in your ears? Okay. This could okay. have been five photos of you. They could have been five landscapes. They could have been three pets and, and, a, and a friend and no relative. It doesn't matter to me what you choose. What matters to me is why. And every question I would ask you, the next question is why. Why is it you like this picture of you better than any others? You know, this is a picture of you. What in it makes you happy? Oh, I like this. Well, why? And the why helps me build my understanding of you because you're simply answering a question and you're the only one that knows the answer and you can't answer it wrong. And this is how the the therapy progresses. How would you title this photo if you you could? Is there something uh, in it you'd like to change to make it better? Who would you like to give it to? Who can't have it? What is the story of the photo? Did the photographer like what they got or did they want to change it? You know, it it goes on and on. Is there any questions you'd like to ask the photo? Does it have any secrets? And these are the kind of questions I would ask you about each of your photos if we had two hours. Yeah, that's okay. But I think think the message that, that my listeners are hopefully hearing is that when you have photos and you want to use them to document your life or to tell a story, you're focusing first on the why, not so much on documenting things about that photo that you actually don't know, but sharing what you do know and sharing why you pause to take that photo and why it has meaning for you now and why it's worth printing and putting on, you know, putting in a book. So I'm, that's what I'm hearing, right? Is focus on the why and then taking advantage of those questions. And I'll absolutely link to your book in the show notes, but taking advantage of the types of questions that you have learned to ask, you know, through your years of expertise, using those same types of questions when you're wanting to, you know, to tell stories with your pictures. 
Stacy, pretend for a moment that the copies you have in front of you yes. are the only copies that exist. You've had a fire, your hard drive is crashed, you're holding the only the only image of that. Yeah. And I tell you, um, and, and you have to do a little suspended disbelief here, and I don't want to freak you out so much that you can't <laughs> talk. Stacy, you have 15 seconds because your house is on fire and you can only take one photo out of there with you. Quick, mm. right now, grab the one photo. Don't think, don't talk it through, don't think about it. Just do it from your feeling. Which okay. picture is going to survive? Number one. Okay. That is an incredibly interesting exercise. It was easier before people had computer backups and phone mm -hmm. Okay, because now if you had to save only one of those photos, you probably have just told me which is the most important for you. Mm -hmm. What's my next question going to be? Why? 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 <laughs> Why that one? Yeah. You know, and then it means that you've, you know, pardon the word rejected. You've rejected. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. If you could take two, which would that one and which else? Um. Probably number four, which is my husband. Yeah. So it's your husband and a garden and a plant and a brick wall and a, <laughs> and a husband. Okay. And yeah. so what I could do would be to say, you know, um, hold up photo one in your left hand and photo two in your right hand and have them have a conversation with each other or have them both face you. And you ask them questions, they can ask you questions and their answers might surprise you because... They're answering your question, and it's them, not you. I have people bring to my workshops 20 photos that have special personal meaning. Now, these are people who have thousands of photos. They've gotten it down to 20, and I do this with them, and I say, you can only take five photos. And what happens is then I say, oh, I'm sorry, I was wrong. It's only four. Oh, gee, I apologize. It's only three. And you work it down, and then you talk about who got in which order. And I remember questions like, will my mother know if I don't take her picture? Every photo is the beginning of a very long story. It's full of feelings and emotions. It triggers other memories. It explains to you your belief system in a way that you could never explore it consciously. These are treasure houses for people wanting to learn more about themselves and helping others by doing the same thing. This is why I do what I do because I, after 45 years, I'm fascinated. Yeah. I'm still fascinated. So let me go back to you. You have any questions? Did you think of questions you were hoping I would ask you? That's another good question. Is there something you, you would like me to ask you about these photos? Well, I, I'd like to explore now that we know which two I would choose. If I had to just take two of the five, I'd love you now to talk to me or ask me, actually ask me some questions about those two photos. Question number one, why do you want me to do this? Um, I think I'm anxious to learn from you. Um, I'm also anxious to hear what I'll say. Um, you know, because I, I am a person who loves to create meaning, but I'm, I'm curious, you know, what's going to come out when you ask me questions, I think. Let's focus on the first one. Why was this the best of the bunch? Well, I think, you know, I, I needed to make that decision quickly. But when I, when I look at it, it represents things to me that are very, very important. And, and I'm such a feeler, I'll probably even start to cry a little bit. It represents everyday life to me. It's not a birthday party. It's not a wedding. It's not a celebration. It's little kids in the back of a van yep. on probably, you know, a Thursday afternoon. And then the other thing that for me, I think is captured there is just relationships, you know, yep. um, relationships with siblings. Mm -hmm. 
Keep going. <laughs> You're proving my point beautifully. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I, I tell my I tell my kids all the time. You know, friends will come and go, and you'll certainly have friends for life, and you'll you'll have other relationships. Uh, relationships that are important, but if you choose it, you know the relationships that have developed inside this family in this home, you know, will be. There you They'll yeah, be a constant for you, you know, throughout your life. So hello, I can't even believe that that's all in one photo for me. I think that's super interesting. <laughs> but, for, but for me, it's everyday life and it's relationships. So I think, see, that already I'm having so much clarity about why do I even scrapbook? So that yeah. those are the things that I really want to focus on, which is yeah. fascinating, fascinating. If you want to do a two-hour session sometime, I'm up for it. Seriously, no, this, seriously. This is what I'm trying to explain to people. These photos hold so much more if you uh, introduce yourself to them and explore yourself through them. Um, based on what you're saying, I would, as a therapist, point out to you the depth of your feelings about, you know, to me, what is like the love and relationships that you captured accidentally. They weren't posing for you. Right. And what I would play around with if you, I was a family therapist is not only is the little boy and the little girl playing noses, but the other little boy doesn't look jealous or left out to me. Right. Now, he might be feeling that way. I'd have to ask you, is he always the one that's out in the end of the triangle? My hunch from this is no. no My no. next question is, are the boys twins? No. They, see, to me, I thought they were. So here's the, you know, here we go again. Um, but the power, I can imagine what would happen if we would have had you start talking about the one of your husband. So <laughs> you see how fast you had no idea you were going to cry. Right. Those feelings are in you, whether you realize them consciously or not. Mm -hmm. And if that was a bad, if it brought up a bad feeling because one of those children had, you know, had an accident or something. Right. Those are the kind of buried feelings that cause trauma and um, depression, the things that have happened that you can't make sense of and you can't put away on a shelf because you've dealt with them. The buried feelings mm -hmm. are very much like what just popped up for you. I mean, there's no way in hell that you'd ever know that this photo would, would bring you such intensity. And yet those things are in you 24-7 we're not right. aware. And what's interesting to me, Judy, what I'm experiencing right now as I listen to you is I just have this really um, almost a cleansing, peaceful uh -huh. feeling. And I think that's, you know, so I think that's why so many people are drawn to storytelling and scrapbooking. Because if you will allow those feelings to surface and if you can articulate them, it feels really good. Like that was oh, embarrassing. No. That's kind of embarrassing for me to cry on my own podcast, right? No. But it feels really good. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is when you have a good cry, you feel better. Now that has to do with emotions, ability to, to cry from pain or joy. It is a cleansing. You're getting rid of fluids that carry out of your body, the chemicals that are connected to the adrenal system, you know, um, mm -hmm. all of the, I mean, I can't get into it now on your podcast, but there's all these chemicals that get clogged up in your body if you're depressed or if you're angry and can't say it. I mean, when you're, when you're suddenly brought to tears over something out of joy, of course you're going to feel better after because you realize the strength of that. 
Um, your tears have gotten rid of a whole lot of garbage in your system. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's do one more. So before we have to wrap up and you tell me, it, I, I would like to do that. I would like to okay. have you help me explore one more. Um, okay. All right. Um, I want to talk about number five, which is you. Okay. I think so. <laughs> what is it about this photo that made you include it? I'm sure you have lots of photos of you. Why this one? Um, I, I like the sunshine. I, I know that w I know where the, the, the photo was taken is one of my most favorite places. It's in Seattle. It's actually Ivers Fish and Chips. I have a ton of childhood, happy childhood memories taken there. So I'm bringing my friend with me. I'm letting her experience something I love. I'm actually holding a French fry up for the seagulls to come swoop down and grab it out of my fingers. And it just, there's warmth. I can feel, almost looking at the photo, I can feel the warmth of the sun on my face. So I think it's just this convergence of so many things that I love. And then the fact that that I look decent. You know what I mean? Sometimes you, all oh, yeah. those good things are there, but you don't feel like you look good. <laughs> That's why I'm happy this isn't a video chat because I'm not dressed up. Uh, <laughs> you, you chose, now did Wendy crop out then the original photo was the French fry not visible, or has this been further enlarged? So, uh, yeah, it was. There were other photos taken where the French fry and the seagulls are, are are there, but this one was taken like that. Like she cropped it out when she took the photo. Because? I don't know. I don't ever avoid not asking questions about something I have noticed yeah. in case it's relevant to the person and they're not aware of it. Okay. But just because I noticed it, doesn't mean that it means anything. Okay. So things like, how would you title this photo? Ah. <laughs> how about, think, well, what you need to do with these and tell your, tell your, your, your listeners, don't think too hard. I keep asking. Oh, people, don't think too don't, hard. Don't think, like I said, you know, get it down to one photo. Don't think, just do it. Just do the gut level feeling and don't let your thoughts get in the way, like as filters. So mm -hmm. how would you title this? You got 10 seconds. Um, it's a perfect moment or it's just sunshine and smiles. I don't know. Those are, Those are both good enough. You don't have to know. Okay. Um, okay. Another trick question that people hear in my workshop, it's fine that you don't know. Uh, is there anything you would change in it if you could? Tracy, say yeah, I would. I would take out the, there's a, a roof, you know, there's a, a strong line in the photo that's the roof over my head. And uh -huh. I think it's kind of distracting. So I, I would be happy to remove that. Okay. Yeah. Now, what would your husband say about this photo? I don't know. I mean, I think hopefully he would say you're pretty. Pretend <laughs> that you did know. In other words, you know, oh. what would your kids say? If you said. Oh, they would say, they would say you love, you love Ivers. Like you love Seattle. You love being you know in this moment doing this because you've brought us all here multiple times <laughs> and okay. helped us experience the same thing okay you know the intensity of the the love and joy you told me about number one mm -hmm. can you try to bring that depth of feeling to your perception of this photo and experience the same joy about your own life yes i can <laughs> um it feels like a full circle moment because, wow, it's so much of what I love about my childhood and about the place I grew up, um, yeah. the place that yeah. I still love to visit, even though it's changed drastically. It's 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 all of those memories. It's all of those um, 
that connection that I feel to that place. And it's me sharing it with someone that I, I, I value so much, you know, the friendship that I have with Wendy. So it's me sharing something that I love and deeply, it's very visceral. There's, there's sounds that you hear. There's what, there's what you smell. There's what you taste. There's what you, you know, experience. It's the warmth of the sun. It's everything's very sensual and, and it's um, representative of so many things that I love. And I'm like handing it to her and saying this, you know, I want you to experience this. You can do this with every single photo. You pick, you know, having you tell your husband what it is in that photo about him and having him hear yeah. you. If I'm doing marriage counseling, people sometimes forget the good times because of the problems they're having. You know, if he told you what he saw in this photo of you and then you had him look at that photo, ask him, you tell me what you see and feel and I'll tell you what I, it brings you tighter. You were interviewed um, by Feature Shoot right at the same time that we published our last episode. So Judy, I want to I wanna read you this quote and I want you to just speak to it and then wrap up. This stuff isn't about the art part of the photo, which in scrapbooking can be so important to people, okay? So this stuff isn't about the art part of the photo. It's about the heart part. Will you please speak to that? And then we will let you go. Photography is known by most people as uh, uh, being an artistic uh, profession. I make good photos. They get into magazines and galleries. If they're not good photos, they don't. I'm going to be a professional photographer. I have to learn about what are the rules for photo art because they're, they're created by someone and, and not me. So I have to learn that. When you pay attention to the artistic value of a photograph, which is usually measured by some philosopher's rules about what makes a good photo for him, not necessarily for everyone, um, the art part of the photo has nothing to do with its emotional contents. Even a famous art photo, I mean, I can think of, um, you know, Ansel Adams' pictures of Yosemite. It may be great art, but that's not why I keep looking at it. It's because it triggers something inside me that I'm not really clear about. So the heart part of the photo is what I deal with. It's the story underneath the surface visual details. That doesn't tell me anything about why that photo is so important. So the heart part is where you can learn about yourself and others by asking questions about the photos, by interviewing the photos themselves with questions and imagining their answers, whether or not they're good color or artistically composed or whatever. Uh, I can work with a blurry, unfocused photo just as easily as something specific. Mm. That's what that's about. I just, I want to thank you again for sharing, you know, in this way, in this public way, this accessible way, um, this invitation really to others to learn more about you, to learn more about phototherapy and to think more deeply about their own therapeutic photography. So thank you so much for, for your time and for being on my podcast again. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you very, very much. Bye-bye. Bye. Now, you know... <laughs> This is why, this is why it's so difficult to delete images. And this is why it can be so challenging to select particular photos to put on a page or in a photo album or scrapbook project. It's because there's a lot in those photographs or in us 
that is more available to us when we spend time with those photographs. So much meaning and memory. So I'm grateful to Judy. I've put links in the show notes to her work, to her book. Of course, those five photographs are there that I that she had me select and that we talked a little about. But I, I want you to recognize uh, the power that you have to help your pictures talk to you, um, to help your pictures explore those things that are important and especially around relationships with people you love. So go spend time with your pictures this weekend. Just promise me you will come back next week for another episode of Exactly Enough Time. <laughs>